Yeah, I know. I was just kind of waiting for just the right lull, you know. <laughs> morning, everybody. So how many of you know that God is for you? Okay, you are in the right place. How many of you know the correct answer is yes? Okay, you also are in the right place. Excellent. Awesome. Jesus, we thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for your loving kindness and goodness to us. Jesus, we just uh, pray that this morning you would plant your word in our hearts, God, that it would uh, find purchase, God, in this soil, God, and that it would grow and uh, and accomplish the things that you have sent it to do, God, just as your word says that it would. And we want to be those those plots of ground, God, that this word could grow in. And God, we just pray that you would bring forth in this place exactly what you want, God, no more and no less. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Go with me to Romans 8. Collective sigh of relief. <laughs> um, so, you know, I always thought that was kind of a funny story. How uh, uh, Mary and Joseph leave Jerusalem and didn't realize Jesus wasn't with them. And then, uh, you know, and I, I get it. It's this chaotic trying, you know. Hurting children is like trying to push wet noodles across a table, but um, uh, we went to a Union Station with uh, Mike and Sarah and Rhonda yesterday, and so, <clears throat> you know, five adults and six kids, so they outnumbered us, and, uh, you know, it's a busy place. It's a big place. Lots of people there, and uh, all of a sudden we realized nobody knew where Zoe was. Yeah, so we all kind of fanned out looking for her, and that was one of the most panicked feelings I had ever had in my life. Um, and uh, we had just uh, we had gone around this corner, and she was kind of dragging behind, and she went. She followed us in there, looked around, and didn't see anybody, and thought we must have gone back the other way. So I had to backtrack quite a ways before I found her, and. Uh, she was uh, standing there talking with some uh, this family and a uh, security officer. <laughs> and uh, when I, by the time I came jogging up, when she, they're like, "Is she yours?" And she saw me and just jumped into my arms. And they're like, "Okay, she is." But it was really sweet because the other little kids that were with them were like, "Bye, Zoe." <laughs> so, so it is indeed quite possible and quite easy to lose your children in public. So. Um, that was my story for the week. Um, <laughs> um, have you ever felt like that in your life where you just kind of, where did everybody go? Where did he go? And you're just sort of lost. And so it's, you know, I mean, I I had this, my, my first thought was when I find her, I'm going to kill her. <laughs> I'm going to be so relieved. But she's alive. I'm going to kill her. But, but you know, the after the initial like, okay, it's been like a minute and she's still gone. Like, okay, maybe not. You know, but uh, but you know, it's interesting because you know you you, th- you would think that that uh, you know that God would just kind of throw his hands up and and be disgusted if you kind of get off the beaten path and and all that. But but actually, he he looks everywhere. 
uh, until he finds you. And and it's funny because there's lots of things that I lost track of that I thought, oh, well, no big deal. It'll turn up. Can't really do that with your kid. <laughs> it's like, well, dang it, I'm just going to have to keep looking. So, and, uh, yeah. So anyway, that's, that's, that was my interesting story for the week. So here in Romans 8, uh, we'll start in 28. Everybody's, one of everyone's favorite verses. You all know it. You don't even need to look at it. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to His purpose. Uh, and we've talked about this a lot, but you know, this is a great verse for days that are not going well. These, this is a great verse for days that are going well. One of the things I find interesting about this is we, you know, I've I've seen um, a lot of people really dealing with a lot of uh, spiritual warfare, and you know, we've been talking lately about the armor. We've been talking about things being where they are in life right now, and um, you know, it's an interesting thing because. I was thinking about the scripture about things working together for good and how we go through difficult things and it feels like wow this is the most worthless thing I've ever been through <laughs> and and yet God has a purpose for it that works out well you know the enemy can bring these things against us and uh and yet uh God turns it into something for good. I was talking with these these people this week. Uh, we went to this event, and we were one of the sponsors, and we were talking with the other sponsors and talking about children and 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 all that kind of stuff. And I, I talked to my kids about, or I talked to them about how I kind of do this thing with my kids that I like to call supervised exposure, where I let them experience things or see what things are about with me right there. And it's like the you know, and so I can explain. Well, this is what this is all about. And this is you know it's the idea being you kind of take away the the mystery and the taboo of something to to where it's not this thing that oh, I have to try this. And um, so far it seems to be working well. They kind of looked at me like I was crazy, like some of you are now. But um, it seems to be working rather well. Uh, but anyway. It seems to me that that's what God does because we go through these these difficult things and it feels like you are in so much danger. And it feels like everything is getting ready to fall apart. And it's it's not. And because he's right there. You know, and and it's precious that he does this stuff to us because and I was talking with my kids about this the other day. Uh even if you when you join the military, they don't send you to the front line the next day. They don't, even if you get drafted, they're going to at least put you through basic training first. And so it's going to be a few months probably before you get out there and, and you have people that are trying to shoot at you. you know? But you need that training before you have that fighting in earnest. And uh, there's uh, there's nothing quite like... Um, you know, I was always interested when I would go to my cousin's house because they didn't get along very well, these brothers, and uh, they had virtually no supervision at all, and they they fought so viciously. I mean, they would really seriously try and hurt each other, and 
and I was totally alien to that concept, and I thought, wow, because I, you know, I fought with Mike from time to time, but I never really wanted to hurt him, <laughs> and he never really tried to hurt me either. Um, and so, you know, this idea of, you know, you can't just say, okay, let's stop, stop, I'm done now, you know, and it stops. You know, it doesn't work that way in the in the battle, you know, and you know, it doesn't work that way in a spiritual battle either, because you you know, uh, I, you know, there was this show my kids were watching, and I love it because this little this little squirrel was like, "Be gone! I don't believe in you," you know, and it was the best thing ever. I loved it because we we think that that should work, just like that. Be gone! I don't believe in you. You know, and I, I, uh, I've dealt with people that I, I kind of wished I could do that, you know. Like, you, <laughs> you recognize their number on the phone, you're like, be gone, I don't believe in you. <laughs> you know, but we, there's, there's this sense of having to come to the battle and, and, and fight through it and, and, and stand there. Not, not in this sense of I've got this, I can do this. Look at me, flexing my my biceps. It's it's God has the power to get me through this. It's God's power that gets me through this, and uh, He's called me to stand here. Because you know when He when He talks about the armor, He doesn't say uh, He doesn't say that you know and taking the the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, charge screaming into the teeth of the enemy. Although there are times for that, I suppose. <laughs> but he says, having done all to stand, stand. There are, you know, and sometimes we get so worked up about, well, I, I, I have to do something, right? Like, well, you are doing something if you're standing. You know, and sometimes that's really all you can do. And, and that's why he said that. So... Um, it, it feels hopeless, but it, it builds in us this sense of faith in God and trusting in God that, that God gets me through this stuff and He's got the answer. And so it really does work for good. And uh, and it's something I, I learned going to the gym was that if you if you want it to actually you know get something out of it, then you're probably going to have to put in more effort than you'd really like. And uh, that's kind of a, it was a distressing revelation, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> you know. Uh, uh, it's like, I, I, I thought I could just kind of pay my gym membership and show up, you know. And, you know, and before long I was going to look like, you know, Captain America, but... Um, there's not enough money in the world to get me to look like Captain America. <laughs> but um, anyway, uh, so we go through these things where we, um, we'd we rather not be there, and, uh, and it, it's not a comfortable place to be, but we stand in that place, and, and God builds in us this, uh, this strength, this faith in knowing that He gets us through, and so these things do, in fact, work together for good. And it's great that He does that with us, where 
we're in a safe place. And, and really anywhere you go is going to be a safe place because he's there. And, and he'll certainly take you to some places, you know, I, I'm thinking of 50,000 stories that I've heard Ron tell about places where, like, you could die here, <laughs> you know. But, uh, you know, but our, our, our perception of what, <clears throat> what is actually dangerous and, and, uh, is really kind of skewed. And I was thinking about this when we went on our trip. You are statistically in far more danger getting in your car and driving here to church than you are getting on an airplane. But it feels, if you're not used to flying, it feels way more disconcerting getting on an airplane. And and especially when they, they're going to turn and they bank and you just, you're, you're like, okay, so now we're just going to spiral down into destruction, right? So, but it's it's not. And it's, and it's actually quite safe. But... Um, we have this sense sometimes of, of things being, you know, this is, you know, I could, this is going to destroy me. I'm going to be defeated and, and by this whatever. And, and yet, uh, you know, God's like the the, uh, the boxing coach in the corner, you know, rubbing your uh, shoulders, letting you spit in the bucket, and, and sending you back out there. So, so he says, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God to them that are called according to His purpose, for whom He did foreknow, them He did predestinate to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. Whom He did predestinate, them He also called. And whom He called, He also justified. And whom He justified, He also glorified. That's a lot of really great words all stuffed in there. And so He's, you know, the... I was telling my children about this. I said, you know, before, you know, before mom ever got pregnant with you, God knew you, and he knew everything about you. He knows you better than you know you. He knows you better than I know you. He even knows you better than I know your mom, and that's that's saying something. <laughs> but uh, so he knows you like that, and yet and yet he loves you with an everlasting love, and he has this. He's predestinated you to this purpose of uh, of being conformed to the image. So we were, uh, I was like, do you guys know what conformed means? No. Like, well, it means you apply enough heat and enough pressure to something to get it to form into this mold, to shape into something else. And so it was great because I got to give them this great little object lesson because at Union Station they have those little deals where you put the, the penny and 50 cents in and it like squishes the penny and stamps it. it like, see, it came out completely different, didn't it? Like that's, this is what we were talking about. This is what being conformed is because there's a, there's a thing in there that it's, it's going to be conformed to. It just has to have enough pressure to get there. And so that's what God does in our life. And, I mean, you know, call it what you will, being conformed to the image, buying the oil. You know, it's really kind of all the same type of thing because we let God take us through those difficult places. And um, as you get squished or squirched, depending on where you're from, you know, the, you know, the, the oil comes out, you know, and because uh, you know, that's, of course, how you get oil out of an olive. Uh, and it's also... Uh, how we get conformed into that image, you know, and, and that seems to be a recurring theme we've been talking about around here lately too. Is that place of 
coming to being conformed to His image because you have that seed inside of you. And so that that seed is going to grow up inside of you and as you as he grows, uh, there will be that day that you look in the mirror and you see him. And of course, that's what we want. So, in verse 30, he says, Moreover whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, he justified. And whom he justified, he glorified. So that's grand. So, so if you're in, if you have been called then, um, then that's, and that's a, a grand thing. If God's brought you to this place, then you could take this in reverse. That He has predestinated you. That He's con- that He's that He foreknew you. That's what's so great about that song. That Jesus knew me, yet He loved me. Uh, because that's the interesting thing about knowing yourself, and that's the thing that the knowledge of good and evil makes so difficult for us. Because you know you, you live with you, and and so. Uh, Everyone I know, including me, is their own worst critic. And so as we look at ourselves, we think, you know, who 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 would love me then? You know, who who would put up with me if they actually knew what I was really like? And uh we have lots of fun conversations like that when we hang out with our friends. It's like the kids are saying, What? And I was like, Oh, Greg's just being Greg again. You know. So it's a lot of fun. But, uh, but you know, that's the great thing is that, you know, the, the love of God loves you in spite of and because of everything that you are. And, and so he knows how to get rid of the things that he loves you in spite of. And, and he treasures those things that he loves you because of. And some of them he loves you just because he loves you, because you belong to him, because he made you. But... You know, everybody has somebody in their life that there's something about them that you just you love them because of this little quirky thing, and it's just the best thing ever. You know, I mean, I can push Cynthia's buttons and get her all like feisty, and she gets really like I don't I can't think of any better word for it than feisty, but it's really really great. You know, and as much as she gets irritated about it, she loves it when I push her buttons. So because we all just have a great deal of fun. And I, and I know I've gone far enough when she starts pushing my buttons back. <laughs> it's like, okay, dish it out. but <laughs> It's a game you don't want to play. But so, you know, so, so God has, you know, the, the children of Israel, they came out of, of Egypt and they came to the Red Sea and they thought, oh, well, God must have just brought us out here to kill us. You know, like no, no. God brought you out here because He, He's going to bring you in, and and so well, you're not going in now, but your children are. Once they got to Canaan, you know, they they turned away, and you know the story. <coughs> so, um, you know, it's funny how we we sometimes we feel like we've come to this place, and there's there's really no way out, and there's no no. Uh, no way moving forward from here, but but God has He has all that stuff set up, and and He knows how to make it all work for us. So in verse thirty one, He says, "What shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us?" And that's why I asked. It's like, so who believes that God is for you, and and who believes that the correct answer is yes, He is, because 
it's right here in black and white. He is for us. He's he's on our side. And um I I think as we when when we're talking about the armor, when we're talking about standing in in the evil day and all that stuff, that's the thing that we have to remember above all else that God is he's for me. And uh so he says he that spared not his own son but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? And that's an amazing verse. You know, because, you know, sometimes we think, oh, well, I'm, I, I don't, wouldn't want to bother God with something so minor. You know, and, uh, and some people's personalities are even, uh, this is kind of a big deal, but I don't really want to bother anyone with it. You know, and... So, the great thing is, is he's, you know, you what what more could you ask of someone than to than their their children than their son, you know? And so, you know, God paid this this price because he he valued you that much. So he says here that that if he if he would do that, how would he not also freely give you all things? If you you know if you need something to succeed. Then God knows how to give it to you. You know, if if you need somebody, you know, if, if you need the the trainer in the corner rubbing your shoulders and giving you the spit bucket, then God will give you one, and he'll he'll put them in your life, and they're there when you need them. You know, and there's, I mean, you know, what do, what do you need to to? Hi. <laughs> Oh man! Sometimes I think, why did we stop having kids? My goodness. Um, but you know that no matter what it is that we need to come through successfully, God has uh, not only is He okay with that; He has already planned for it, and and He's already got it laid out. And sometimes He gives us those things when we're not even. Ex- Expecting them. And sometimes, uh, you know, I I I always thought of myself as someone who doesn't like surprises, but then I realized that I was just someone who doesn't like bad surprises. <laughs> I don't think anybody likes bad surprises, but uh, um, no, good surprises are a really nice thing. And sometimes, you know, when you're uh, you know, when you feel like you're in a dark alley surrounded by people and, and God shows up, that's a nice surprise to have. <laughs> you know, and so we've all been in that place where where that was kind of how things were, were trending for us. So he says in 33, Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect It's God that justifies? You know, it, it's no wonder that uh, we don't read out of here too often because it's, it's just so jam-packed. You could talk all day about this. <laughs> but who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? You know, and that's a, a precious thing because, uh, you know, the first thing I think of when I read that is, yeah, the enemy can't accuse me because, well, I've washed in the blood and I'm God's elect and all that. But what about you? You lay anything to the charge of God's elect? You know, whether that be you or your neighbor? Uh, you know, either way, uh, 
know, we're God's workmanship, and we're God's elect, and and He's doing the stuff in our life, and so we, it's easy to see uh, a little bit of what, you know, or a perception anyway of what's going on in someone else's life, and it could be it could be completely off, and uh, so. <clears throat> You know, then bringing an accusation of, well, it's like they just need to get it together, or, or I just need to, you know, suck it up and quit being me. You know, uh, all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, we have no place in bringing, laying that kind of charge to God's elect because it's God that justifies, and so there's nothing quite like, you know. Uh, Picking on somebody, and then you find out they're standing behind you. Well, what? <laughs> you know, we years and years and years and years and years ago, and I can tell the story because he's not here. Uh, when we worked for Kevin, we were working on this house for this guy who kept every time we saw him, kept telling us how he was a former natural Mr. Universe, not Mr. Universe, natural Mr. Universe, meaning that he didn't use any kind of um, chemical substances or whatever to to get as as ripped as he did, and kept showing us this little like pamphlet of him on the front and you know his muscles and his speedo. It was really quite disconcerting, but but he was one of those people that was very self righteous about how healthy he was and 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 how he'd gotten to this place that he was, and. Uh, <laughs> um. They, uh, we were, we were all just kind of talking about him one day, <laughs> and to be quite honest, because he was really amusing, and and uh, and so you know, <laughs> we're talking about him, and, and Kevin's like quoting this guy and all of his little phrases, and he's like, <laughs> and of course, no, we didn't see him coming, and he just kind of came around the corner, and it was like, oh hey, how's it going? <laughs> it was awesome, but uh, you know, I, I worked with I worked with Kevin for years. After that, I n- never ever once saw him do that again about anybody, no matter how obnoxious they were. <laughs> so he he learned his lesson quickly, but. Um, but you know it's funny because uh, you know when you know when the enemy wants to bring accusation to you, you know God's standing right there. You know it's like so. What is he gonna say? You know it's like having somebody pick on you and and then your big hulking brute of a dad shows up. You know, and uh, I, I never quite had that experience growing up, but I could imagine that it would be a really great great experience. Um, so, but the great thing is, is that's what God does is, um, you know, when you, when you feel like you're just have been cornered by the accusations of Satan and, and you just, you know, because he always brings these, these accusations. The thing that he loves to do so much is bring up something that was once true. It's like, well, this, you know, it's like, Hey, you remember that one thing? You remember how you used to be? Except for he doesn't say it like that. 
you know, and, and it's like, well, actually, I don't remember who you were talking about because that, that guy's dead. So, yeah, that, that, that poor sucker. You know. um, <laughs> let's play along. Not, not, nothing uh, disappoints a bully more than playing along. But, uh, um, but who is he that condemns? I, and I love the word condemns. And uh, uh, I, I could think of no better um, description than the way that Ron talked about this word in his book, where he said that that you know um, that condemnation is like the sense of, uh, and I think he was talking about in connection with the knowledge of good and evil, but that God is angry without remedy. You know, and that's a and that's a really great way to put it because that's exactly what the condemnation of the enemy feels like. Like, God is angry and there is no fix for this. Like, so, you know, God's really unhappy with you. It's like, oh, really? About what? Cricket, 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 cricket. Like, yeah, that's what I thought. You know, and and so, um, you know, who is he that condemns? It's Christ that died, yea, rather, is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. It's no wonder he he uh, he talks in the Old Testament about the the, the virgin daughter of Zion is lasty to scorn. You know, it's like the the little girl shaking her head and laughing at you. It's like ha ha ha, nothing like being taunted by a little girl <laughs> to to really make you upset, especially when you're completely helpless to do anything about it. So. I love how God just He keeps building this this thing of look how safe you are. You know, look how how much I have Amen. I have covered the bases for you. And so because He says, you know, who's He that condemns? It's Christ that died, that's risen again. That that's where the justification comes from because we accept that for ourselves by faith. It's it's not because we we. Uh, do really well, not because we follow the rules, not because uh, we got all of our duckies in a row. It's because of that. It's, it's not even figuring it all out because sometimes a lot of the stuff we go through feels like some kind of mental tangle that you just kind of have to kind of undo. I mean, have you ever had a kid bring you some like knotted up wad of stuff and they wanted you to undo it all? You know, I, I know Ron knows exactly what that feels like. <laughs> We bring him our knotted fishing line and set it on his lap. It's like, here. But I see you had things as tangled up in your mind as mine. So, but, uh, uh, but it's not even about that. It's not even about, I figured it out. I could, I could, I've got all these little, you know, you ever talk to a telemarketer and you know they have a script, yes. and they and it's like and it's like a flow chart because it's like if they say no then you say this if they say yes then you say this, and uh, I mean it's great, but um, you know and sometimes that's how I feel when I when I'm dealing with condemnation it's like okay well it says this well then I say this if this says this and then I say this, and and it's great it works you know when when all those responses are things from the Word of God. But it's really not even about I figured out how to outsmart this stuff. It's not even about that. 
it's it's about having put on the righteousness of Christ and accepting His sacrifice and His merit and His love. Because then, because uh, people may still condemn you, and the enemy will still accuse you, but when you know that God doesn't, it's okay. Because you, know, you know the woman caught in adultery, all those people didn't really think anything different of her, I'm sure. They probably still figured she's still her. But but Christ said, neither do I condemn thee. You know? And I mean, no one condemned her at that moment, obviously. But um, you know, when, when you know that, that, that everything is good between you and God, it really doesn't matter so much what anybody else thinks. You know, and that's and that's a real blessing. Um, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Quite a few unpleasant things there that would maybe cause you to pack up your toys and go home. Like I, I don't want to play anymore, you know. But God, God has a way of putting us in places where you really can't back out of it. You, you know, you just kind of have to keep going. I remember at that concept never struck me so hard as when uh, Cynthia was in labor with Jeremy. And it's like, wow, there, there's no, there's no pause button. There's no, there's no timeouts here. It's like, I, I can't, I don't want to do this now. You know, there, there's none of that. It's like, well, you're just going to have to get through this now. And, uh, you all know that story, how much help I was. But <laughs> and if you don't, somebody does. But <laughs> I won't bore you with it here. But uh <laughs> Oh dear. Uh, so who should separate us from the love of Christ? A tribulation or distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, or sword? And see, these are all things that, that will come against you. And and that's exactly what the enemy wants you to do, is think, well, well, fine. It's like God must not love me anymore, or or this just isn't worth it, or or whatever to get you to just give up and 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 go back. Uh, because I mean, honestly, you can still be stuck in a place where you have to go through whatever you're dealing with, but you don't have to keep uh, walking with God while you do it. You you can give up and just decide. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna cope with drugs. I'm gonna cope with alcohol. I'm gonna cope with whatever. It's like I I'm done with this. Uh, and so the precious thing is, is he says, you know, is this can this stuff separate you from from the love of God? No, it really can't. Not unless you decide that it's not gonna make him stop loving you. But you could but you could still decide. Eh, no, God God must have forgot about me. And we've all been in places where it felt like, man, God must have forgot about me. And I love in Genesis where it says, and God remembered Noah. Because you know he didn't forget him. But but I, I like that because we all have those times where where it feels like, you know, because you, you know Joseph was felt forgotten. It's like, man, I, I gave that guy the interpretation of the dream. It happened just like it, like I said. You know, because he tells him, he's like, "Don't forget about me. You know, talk to talk to Pharaoh about me when you when you get out." And my kids have this little children's Bible where he's like shaking the guy's hand as he's leaving the prison, and he's like looking him right in the eyes, like, "Don't forget about me." <laughs> you know. But there came that day when 
uh, and when it was time. You know? and, and, of course, God hadn't forgotten about him. But so, so who shall tri- separate us from the love of Christ? The tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. I like it because, you know, he says, in all of these things, in, in the tribulation and distress and persecution and etc., that we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. And that's a precious thing. Um, and I persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's precious stuff. You know, and I don't know, when you get to the end of this chapter, I just feel like I feel like God should just like spike the ball and do the chicken dance, you know? It's like I know they don't let you do that anymore, but you know um, you know, because uh you know, God knows how to run up the scoreboard and leave no doubt that that He is He's, he's won the day. So, um, so it's a precious thing that God does because He He's just constantly reminding us that He's that He's for us, that He's with us, and that that everything that we are dealing with, everything that you're dealing with today, everything that's. Uh, Everything that's going to happen to you this week that you're going to wish hadn't, or go maybe go back to the thing that you're already dealing with that you wish wasn't happening. That God, God is He's with you and He's for you, and and so He, you know, you're you're buying the oil, and uh, you know the having the lampstand is great, but you got to have some oil in it in order to to get some light out of it, and so. Letting God take us through those places is a really precious thing. Jesus, we just thank You for Your Word to us. And we just pray that You would indeed accomplish these things in us, God, that uh, that You would cause us to, to take courage in You, God, just like David did at Ziklag. God, how he encouraged himself in You. God, and how he did that um, at, at such a difficult moment, God, is, is hard to understand. God, but to, to turn our eyes to You, God, to look full into Your face, God, is, is the thing that we desire. God, that uh, nothing that the enemy could bring against us, God, could can separate us uh, from Your love, Lord Jesus. God, and that's, that's precisely what His aim is, is to separate us from that love. God, but You have loved us with an everlasting love and, and drawn us to Yourself. And God, we just praise You today. We just pray that in this place, every need would be met by Your Spirit. God, that if, if we have come simply because it's Sunday morning and uh, don't have a sense of expectation of, of something that we want from You, something we need from You, God, that You would remind us and that You would raise that sense of expectation, God, to, to really reach out and get something from You. God, because you've, uh, You're coming in this place today to do just that. God, we we want to receive everything that you have for us today, God. We don't want to go home empty-handed because we wouldn't reach out. We just pray it and ask it in your righteous holy name. Amen. Amen.